0: Hollywood! Lights. Action! Hollywood drills! CD Lamb still running! Hits a corner! CD! For the TD! People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented
1: Welcome to Through the Keyhole and OU Fan Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Peyton Guthrie. Joined, as always, by Matt Burton and Alan Kenney uh, to talk about all things OU football. And we sprinkle in some like national stuff. We sprinkle in some other OU sports. Lots of sprinkling uh, happening on the podcast um, as well as on our Patreon page. But I'm just going to do a quick intro. That was the intro. It was quick. Uh, Matt and Alan, one of you stepped to the plate. How's your weekend been? How's the week been uh, in, the, in your sports world?
0: Well, we, week's been fine man week's been fine um i actually got to go to the uh OU softball game against northwestern uh where you know northwestern puts up a home run and oh you not even blink the, the very the, that second half of the inning it's just the floodgates open it's like they they poke the bear by hitting that home run northwestern did and uh I had a lot of fun seeing all the northwestern uh you know fan sites and all that stuff getting uh getting mad about you know the home field advantage you know the amount of times they played boomer sooner and you know all that stuff <laughs> so you know just normal stuff but no that that was kind of my uh my sports weekend that's how it, that's how it consisted a lot of softball
2: yeah i mean for me you know this week was uh fun i mean in the uh, the way the uh, nba finals started off man uh, i just i it wouldn't it didn't shock me that uh Boston was able to steal that first game uh, from Golden State uh, there uh, in Chase Arena. But the way Boston did it, man, with those teams running, like I did not see that at all. I figured it would like Boston would have to really slow the tempo down. But, I mean, they were – it was shot for shot, and they played out of their minds in that fourth quarter. And, you know, you steal a game like that on the road, and that's the way that's the way that you kind of end up maybe turning those series, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can really expect – I mean, former Spur, I do think Derek White's a very good player, but I don't think you can expect him to shoot what he did, <laughs> smart to shoot the way he did, and
2: Horford, Horford shoot the way he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and then it. I, I saw, like, the on-court, off-court stuff with uh, Andre Godala. I mean, he probably – I would not suggest he ever stepped foot on the court uh, for this series again. It was like a plus 60 for the Celtics every yeah. time he was on the court. <laughs> yeah, bad. He's, he, he's just too old at that point in time. It was yeah. great, man. Oh, yeah, they, they pulled
0: a they pulled a Warriors on the Warriors, man. They did, <laughs> they they, did man. It was they closed just like out the game quarter, man. Could miss. Al scored them 40 to 16 in that last quarter. That's insane. Oh, man.
1: And then yeah. uh, well, as far as my week worth going, thank you, thank you guys for asking. I uh, had <laughs> no. a great time. Uh we had a uh, a thing called Magnolia Festival down in Durant, so a little yearly a little town festival um PR my 5k was able to maintain a a sub seven mile um I bought some new racing shoes so trying to trying to get back into the swing of things trying to keep healthy on all my uh uh, movement and stuff um not quite sec speed but talking about some sec speed uh (laughs) maybe what an hour before we started uh OU gets a new wide receiver commit four star uh Kenyon Brown out of uh Tallahassee Florida 6'3 188 pounds um I don't know if this has been, if he's been on either of y'all's radar, this is comes completely out of left field to me, uh, but I just watched some of his tape. It seems like he has got some good punt return stuff and some big, uh, some, I wouldn't say he's like a burner, like a track guy, but he does seem to be able to pull away, pull away from some people at all. I mean, have I had my head in the sand or is this a name? Either of you
2: guys have heard at any point in time? Uh, barely, you know, just kind of, uh, scarcely. Uh, but, looking at you see, you see right, right away. I mean, he's six, three, right. So, boy. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that OU has been looking for out of their receivers and, you know, when this new uh, offensive scheme. So, uh, you know, it, it, that part stands out and uh, you know, never hurts to get into Florida, does it? I mean uh, you know, that, that's kind of one of the big, kind of hallmark so far the early i think days for brent venables here is just all that work being done in the southeast
1: yeah i mean stacking up big wide receivers stacking up um yeah staying in the florida area because i mean i don't know it, it seems like Florida's always able you're always able to get people out of florida it, even with three big giant state schools it seems like it's just always kind of up for grabs and i've never really quite understood that um but even with OU trying to make make a market effort towards getting bigger wide receivers, we still got, you know, offers out to the little Cole Adams out in Owasso, 5'9", like like 170 or whatever. I mean, It does seem like there's, you know, there's, there's shapes in all sizes, but it does seem like there has been a a concerned effort to get bigger on the edges, bigger on the outside. uh, And it's something that's going to have to happen uh, for OU. And then also we're getting some, uh, if you guys want to follow, oh, let maybe put my Twitter. If you guys want to follow uh, OU Crystal Ball, uh, Crimson and cream Recruiting, uh, that's an easy one for there. Uh, We've got OU's gotten uh, two uh, projections or Crystal Balls or whichever one it was for the four-star 23 uh, defensive end. I won't even pretend to be able to pronounce this guy's name. Out of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, Again, defensive end, getting the big boys out there. uh, Todd Bates, Brent Venables trying to remake the defensive line. Uh, uh, pretty well um, uh, he was a champion visitor so it, it's, it's probably some more of that stuff coming out of there um, do we have any do we have anything to talk about can, and can either one of you say this kid's name ad ad Adipuji, uh
2: abadawar <laughs> yeah. yeah i I've, I've definitely i've seen i know who we're talking about here you know, i just i can't even begin to uh, try to give
0: a pronunciation there
1: this is rough news, Matt. Can you you want to get try to get a
0: a double Wore. I think is the last name. I I'm not going to even try on the first name.
1: war I like that. That that's pretty. Adapoju.
0: Yeah. Adapoju. Adepo, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, we apologize to Doing you. Doing my Adabaware. best here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this yeah. is
1: all we've got. uh But it's it's cool to say, again. It's to see Bates and and Brent Venables immediately start addressing this stuff and immediately start getting into that Kansas City, Missouri. And I know that's kind of that that you know that used to be Big Twelve recruiting ground, but now it's SEC recruiting ground. So it's kind of staying that Kansas City, Saint Louis type of area and like really kind of hammering themselves in, carving out an area in this new SEC area, new SEC recruiting grounds. You know, it's going to take some time, but. I mean, OU's getting there. I mean, OU's going to be on top of this stuff uh, pretty quickly, especially on, on the Western side of this stuff. And then uh, we, we've got some deeper topics to kind of go through, but I'm trying to, like, go through some of these, like, easier wins off the top. <laughs> <laughs> and we also had, uh, according, you know, we had these uh, predictions come out of the Champu family barbecue. Uh, OU had about 14 plus uh, – well, about 14 or so four stars uh, on campus – to kind of learn about what OU has to offer them, kind of see the, uh, the atmosphere and, and uh, you know, kind of share a space with other recruits that are considering Oklahoma. Um, for as far as I know, there are no five stars in that group. So that is something that is a bit of a change from these uh, barbecue events. Uh, when Lincoln Riley was here, usually had maybe a little bit more top end talent. Um, but having just that amount of collection of talent in one spot, you got to hope you're able to pull some triggers on this stuff. I mean, do we, do we, do we see this as kind of a correcting of the, of the tide or like shifting of the tide? Maybe the OU is able to just like even just bring this amount of talent on, on these types of visits, or is this just par for course basically for OU? And maybe I'm trying to read too much into it.
2: I mean, I look at it as just kind of saying the table for what they want to get done the rest of the year. I mean, you know, Famously so far, uh, Brent Pettibles, uh is playing kind of a, a longer recruiting game in terms of not necessarily pressuring for commits early, uh, you know, wanting, you know, players to be and stay committed once they do commit. Um, that hasn't always been the case for OU, particularly in the last regime, regime It seemed like kids were committing very early and then maybe waffling or wavering uh, midway through and. Uh, then it kind of becomes this, uh, you know, race to keep them uh, in the boat, so to speak, on the way all the way to the end. Uh, here, OU, you know, was looking to uh, get later commits. I mean, the the thing about the not having the top end talent. Uh, I mean, I think there's probably maybe you know something to that, but I mean, gosh, you look at the list, and I mean, it's blue chip after blue chip after blue chip kids still. Uh, so, I mean, I especially given where uh, where he's starting from. I mean, I don't know. I, I see all this as um, a very, very strong start and a very good move for uh, the uh, coaching staff at this point.
1: Especially on, like, the offensive line. I mean, the, the guys they had there uh, this weekend, the guys who seem like they may, com- may be committing par- fairly soon – you had a is, – is it Peyton Kirkland? I, I think he, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he had a, an article on 24-7 basically saying OU has now set the bar and he thinks that, that bar may not be reachable. <laughs> yeah, know, if, if they can get that and get Caden Green, I mean, that starts really changing the dynamic of what this offensive line is going to look like, you know, in two, three years. It's <laughs> not yeah. be like two carried away. Uh, but that the, – the line, the offensive line, in my opinion, has kind of gotten to the point to where – uh, Bill needs to hit this or this, this cycle needs to be one they can hang a hat on. It's like, Hey, we brought in four, four stars or something like that. We brought in four dudes who we think will be starters, uh, you know, one to two years into the program, or, or maybe we're looking at some, some uh, different uh, ideas about who could be coaching. I mean, I, he's a great coach obviously, but man, I, I mean, I, I'm in like this weird like headspace about, about uh, Bill. I know everyone likes Bill cause he's like spurned USC, but, the the offensive line did start faltering under his watch, and I think you you give you give a coach a chance to fix it, and I think this is recruiting class he has a chance to fix it, and um maybe you're having a new head coach and having more of a staff fully engaged that's all it's going to take to kind of to, to kind of get into that stuff. I mean, am I sky falling on that by any chance?
2: My chicken, am I chicken, <laughs> <I>
1: chicken littleling?
2: <laughs> I mean, no, but. I think it's a kind of situation, though. Like if OU were to let Bill Beambo go tomorrow, he'd have quite a few uh, programs trying to snap him up. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I it it's very first off. I mean, COVID clearly did a number on coaching for offensive lines across the country. I mean that that seemed to be one of the the key kind of takeaways that that at least coaches have been saying. For the past couple of years, is that year away in 2020, uh, you know, or the time they didn't spend, you know, in uh, working out that really set offensive line play back for some reason. Uh, but you know, looking looking ahead though, um, let's see let's see what he does with um, maybe uh, a strength and conditioning program that is more. Uh, how would I put this delicately? More suited to uh, <laughs> to the needs of the of the offensive line than uh, what oh you had previously.
1: Yeah, I'll say that. that. That's that's a pretty good political answer. I mean, I think your your ability to run for office uh is, is still <laughs> still intact. <laughs> Don't worry <laughs> about it. Uh, to, to me, like, yeah, if you go watch the um, you know, Texas A and M uh, classes, Texas AM games in which they beat Alabama. That, you know, they were able to withstand them up front, able to, you know, not just get completely overwhelmed immediately uh, at the point of attack, and that's something that, uh, you know, Smitty kind of brings to it, and that's something I've also seen on a uh, um, OU players Twitter saying, "Oh man, Summer Smitty is much different than Winter Smitty." <laughs> there, yeah, that's that's been notable. Play. Yeah. So that kind of catches us up on some of the housekeeping stuff, which I thought was important to start off with, because once commit. OU kind of hasn't had one in in a little while that was a high-profile OU had just had a flip from, you know, Ashton Cozart flip to Oregon. Um, I kind of felt like maybe the the momentum from maybe a national perspective uh, on OU, again, if you look at the 24-7 class, OU was like sitting in the 30s. Uh, I felt like it was kind of important to kind of talk about that and talk about the recruiting is kind of where it needs to be. It's just more of a very much so of a a slow-burning type of a thing. I mean, think about you know, he's he, he they're smoking the brisket right now. You've got you got to keep it in there. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't let it get too dry. Uh okay. That was a I tried way too hard to get that didn't land. Got
2: to wrap it too at some point, right? Get out the Texas crutch and uh right, you know, true, make sure true, you keep it Yeah, you know, once it hits that stall point. Well, do you I mean, okay. Now we're on a slight
1: tangent. Have you ever smoked a uh, a brisket and do what is your wrapping if you have what is your wrapping? technique uh
2: i have numerous times uh well numerous uh, that's i don't know enough to count on two hands um God, i have to look it up i i go basically by my by my, i have like notes on how, how i do it i normally use butcher paper though as opposed mm-hmm. to tin, uh, tin foil. And you know, once it gets up there into that range where it starts to stall out, and you want to keep it, uh, you know, you want to keep it from getting dried out. So, yeah, I'll use butcher paper. I try to periodically uh, use, you know, something like a, I don't know, apple juice or something to keep it kind of kind of moist up to that point too. I was going to say I
1: wrap in butcher paper a lot myself. Um, I'll use foil if I want to get like a, a different type of texture to it. But yeah, you got to have the you've got to have the cider in a little spray bottle mm-hmm. to kind of keep it going.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every 30 minutes, every hour, I try to give it a quick show, shot and, you know, keep going.
1: And uh, you just can't do that on an electric, uh, which I think there was always the issue with the former head coach. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're cooking with gas down in Oklahoma now. Uh, but, yeah, it's just something that – don't know, th- those things were important to me to kind of get off the top, top of the thing, and it's more of like, you know, quote-unquote football stuff, as now we're going to talk to more maybe – um just the ethos of college football so Ryan Day says uh just to hold the team together to get the entire Ohio State State roster just to play on the football field they need 13 million dollars a year just to do that why do coaches keep saying stupid shit I mean it's (laughs) just or am I just completely missing the idea on this thing
2: yeah uh Or or, uh, Spencer Hall had maybe the best description of it when he said, like, every college football coach when they start talking about this stuff, sounds like uh, Oral Roberts back in the day, you know, like, if if we don't get this money, like, God's going to (laughs) call me home, you know? Like, I mean, because, but it's funny because, like, you know, clearly, I I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of these coaches do seem to be telling, like, boosters, like, hey, you know, you're going to have to ante up. I think that that might come back to bite them at some point if all of a sudden their boosters maybe go a little to the other extreme and, you know, every offseason they're having to negotiate with players and stuff like that. I mean, stuff like that's going to be – just make be such a headache. Um, You know, the $13 million number to keep them, like – at the program, just seems kind of silly to me. You're like you're telling me that they're going to leave Ohio. CJ Stroud's going to leave Ohio State to go to, I don't know, you know, Missouri or something like that <laughs> because Missouri ponies up uh, two million bucks over one million or what? I mean, I don't know. That seems kind of short termish to me. Like I, I, I can't envision players making that kind of decision for that reason. But I mean, maybe they would. Uh but like I mean, I guess he says that that's based on what he's hearing from other coaches or what he's hearing from players in terms of what they're being offered. But again, if you're a player also, though, wouldn't you want to be like, oh yeah, I was offered three million, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh why not, right? You, you know, get the uh get the ante up for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, this some this like super quick math that comes out to about 150k per player. Uh, and obviously it's not a linear thing like that or, or, you know, equal thing. CJ, CJ Stroud's not going to get 150 K and that's it. Obviously like Mm. the majority of that 13 million would be going to that position (laughs) or that position group. Uh, And then, you know, the rest of it's kind of there.
0: I think, did he not single out, did he single out? I think he singled out quarterback and both the lines, O-line and D-lines. He was like, that would just be for like retaining, retaining the lines and quarterback.
2: Right. Like the or and like edge, edge defenders, yeah, like yeah. edge rushers and yeah.
0: tackles, I think.
2: Yeah. 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 Those, those premium. So it's not decisions. even counting all
0: like the great wide receivers they have right now. <laughs> They're right, exactly. guys. <laughs>
1: uh, to me, I kind of see it a little bit like so. I built a house. I have, the house I currently reside in was being built in um, what year is it now? 2021. So in the, I, I, I entered a contract in this uh, 21 of February, did not get finished until 21 of uh, like late late october you know it just took forever due to materials and all that type of stuff it was very hard to get everything put together you know brick was like six months out windows were like 12 months out you had to get all this stuff done and you know i had a bunch of friends and stuff saying well you know the wood prices will eventually drop the wood prices will drop the wood prices will drop but people just kept paying the price <laughs> of the wood yeah. so it didn't drop and to me and alan kind of you think maybe this will normalize or kind of By by the you know bite the hand that feeds a little bit, if the boosters just keep paying, isn't this just as Ryan Day being like you know the the Sunday preacher with the uh, donation thing, kind of like going through, (laughs) like come on, we all know you got the money, let's go for it. I mean, if they keep paying, then they just keep paying. I mean, to me, yeah, that that's how I'm seeing this is like if they just keep paying, keep asking.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and but that's and that's. That's the part. I mean, that's why you sign contracts, for example, like yeah. so that you know. Okay, maybe you 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 want to hold out fine, but I mean, point being, we made you know, you can't keep coming back to me wanting to renegotiate, which is what you know you would tell somebody in this completely unregulated uh, free market. You know, I mean, if they if they've got if if they can get the money from you, that's why you do it. You know, pardon me, you. You would tell them, keep going back to the boosters. They'll keep paying, you know what I mean? That's why uh, there's going to be something – there'll be some type of – I'm not sure if it'll be necessarily regulated so much as just become a best practice in terms of signing these de- longer – maybe longer-term deals at the beginning to uh, lock them in so that they can't just keep coming back to you all the time when to renegotiate.
0: Yeah, and
1: that's – I mean it, it, it's – you can tell none of this stuff was obviously done in my opinion in any sort of good faith whatsoever. Like I believe Alabama had the state law saying you can't do inducement stuff. And then they found out they're getting their asses kicked, you know, getting mm-hmm. their quote unquote asses kicked in recruiting. And so they completely adjusted that state law.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, so none of this actually mattered. Like you, you guys don't care about the, the sanctity of the game or the sanctity of amateurism of college sports or anything. It's, it's such an emotional draw that I don't know. I think maybe I, th- I mean the whole idea of like, yeah, uh so and so is gonna do some Instagram commercials and they'll know it based on his market rate. That doesn't matter to a lot of these guys. They just want to win football games, they've got money to win it. So it's pure vanity stuff. Uh, but to me, this stuff about Ryan Day, in my opinion, maybe I've maybe I'm missing it, is more of him because I was always kind of I was I was a little worried of like, hey man, will these schools and it's stupid for you to work because they need to balance their budgets. <laughs> can these schools continue to do facility upgrades? Can they continue to sit beat if all the money is going directly to the players? And if you can just basically go shake the money tree, then yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll go upgrade the facilities and get the stadium done because there's just money always there, it seems, because that stuff matters. Um, it, it just se- it seems kind of strange that way. And even if you're talking about the contract thing, like like the players, okay, let's say – we get we get an OU gets a five star uh, quarterback. He he's an employee or whatever. There's a contract. It's it's a uh, five hundred thousand dollars per year, and maybe I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to like live think my way through this because you sparked the idea. What if they just? What if he just uh, sits out strikes? I mean, you you have to pay him, right? I mean, because like I think they're in such a unique position. Like if they do unionize and everything, and they say, "Hey, we're not going to play unless we get paid a little bit more." I mean, is an o, is an OU football team just going to like not send a team out in the field?
2: Man, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I would think in that case he'd be in some type of breach of contract. Uh, there'd be some type of lawsuit, right, or something. It would have to know. be, but yeah, no, I, I honestly, I have no clue. We want to get you know like scabs I mean? or whatever. They are going to cross yeah, the big exactly. line to yeah. play. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, so, would unionizing impact walk-ons, for example? Like, do you have to join the union to walk on? I mean, you know, it's it's a good question, and I honestly have no, I have I have no idea.
1: Yeah, it just made me think of like the uh, the Clippers situation when Sterling, and it was in the playoffs, and the Clippers were like, we're just not going to take it. There was like it was rumored mm-hmm. that they just won't play the game, and then it's like, right. well, <laughs> well, we got to do something now, and I yeah. think. Like the players have power now, the players could have a lot of power. Pretty obviously, very quickly, the moment maybe they, I don't. I think I think that the balance the shift will will turn very quickly, uh, in my opinion, yeah. unless somehow they're able to get the antitrust thing um, passed through Congress.
2: Right, but you know the other. I guess the other point too would be how's it going to look to, you know, like the NFL, for example, if you're, if you're sitting out without, you know, I mean, having signed this agreement and, you know, then uh, kind of, you know, backing out of it, that that's the kind of, those are the kinds of things that like nobody's even really taken into account yet when it comes to NIL, the, what, you know, where the real money will be coming from. And, you know, if it, you know, because, Long term, there's going to be more for you there in the NFL if you can make it to that point. So, you know, like there's, there's still going to be that incentive out there, kind of hanging over every situation. I think.
1: Yeah, and the players have the, you know, the 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 public court on their side right now, hardcore and legal court. I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, on their side right now, uh, legal definition of law and what labor is uh, on their side, but. Yeah, I mean, if they were to go on like a strike or something or demand more payment or something like that, I think that would flip fairly quickly, in my opinion. Uh, I don't see a bunch of like the types of the types of fans who support college football at such a high level. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off on it. I just don't know. If they say, I'm not playing until I get paid more again, I don't know if you're going to get a lot of quote unquote red blooded Americans who are like you're playing a kids' game type of a thing. It's, I, I don't know. I, I could see, I could see, I could see it turning at least publicly if something like that were to happen.
2: Oh, see, I think public opinion is already strongly against the players. Uh, really? Just if you look at, yeah, I mean, like polling on this issue and stuff like that, should they be compensated, whatnot? I mean, always comes out of you know, like, against the players right now i mean clearly i think they've got the media on their side for the most part but no i think the public that that's you know i think part of the reason why one of the reasons why it's hard for uh, players to make up much ground in my opinion like i don't know through activism or uh you know striking pit, you know uh, walkouts that type of thing because uh, like. I think that if they did that, I think that fans would be strongly on the side of the schools.
1: See, I, it's it's that's probably just the echo chamber of my Twitter follows of mainly like, you know, uh, uh, college football writers and bloggers, like, you know, solid verbal types, 24-7 types, who only talk about, well, yes, it just makes sense. They're working. You should pay them. But, yeah, I guess there is probably a much – I guess I'm not surprised to hear that there's a, a, a larger – Wave of people who do just see the education as a comparable income to mm-hmm. what they should have been doing in the first place, and anything else is just complete extra, and um, you know, uh, right, unfair like, like, to your normal day student.
2: Like put your put your you know Twitter <laughs> Twitter yeah, followers yeah. or your what have you over here. But then think about all the people who are writing on message boards right over here and what those conversations <laughs> invariably go like. I mean, it's it's not the media thing is not, yeah, just not, in my opinion, represent a sample on the issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's something, yeah. I, I need to keep my head out head out of that bucket of sand when I'm trying to put <laughs> this together because it does seem like to me from everything I read, because you're you're reading articles, it all breaks it down, you're like, Yeah, they're working, they should get paid, boom, 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 let's go. And like, I've never thought of the education as compared as a, what am I trying to say? As a, a compensation that is equitable to the labor they put into it, just due to the amount of uh, the, the pricing of education, the ROI on the education versus how much money the education is. I think the education system itself in America is wonky at the moment. And that, yes, going to OU, I could not afford to go to OU. I went to Southeastern Oklahoma State uh, for a reason because I could afford it and I wouldn't have to kill myself in loans. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of people who did, who did go there and did decide to loan themselves into massive debt holes, uh, and can now think, you know, if you're in that position, maybe it does make me, maybe it is uh, equitable compensation, uh, for the players from that personal perspective. Uh, I just decided to be as at a very young age and made one good decision, (laughs) which was not (laughs) to be, not to go to major, major debt. Uh, attending a college
2: (laughs) yeah no i i don't know i mean there's a lot there's a lot going on there i have my own suspicions about what drives that but that's for a whole nother show i think
1: yeah yeah that's yeah we'll get into yeah uh uh through the keyhole after dark or something like that (laughs) (laughs) uh talking about some uh future homes for uh The Oklahoma Sooners, the SEC had their uh, their spring meetings, I guess, or their summer meetings. Was it still spring meetings at that time? Something annual coaches' meetings or something, yeah, something along those lines. And the SEC scheduling was brought up. OU and Texas had some input, but they're not voting members. And it does seem like it it doesn't really seem like anything actually got decided on. Uh, As it seems to sneakily be the case with the SEC, everyone kind of painted them as like this driver and all this stuff and now it seems like the last few things they can't agree on what they should be doing either so maybe the whole like you know greg Sankey's this godfather type situation uh <laughs> only only applies when he's talking to other conferences who are also bumbling around <laughs> but the uh but the scheduling stuff that there seems to be two uh two two two, two train of thoughts a uh an eight game schedule which from what I've read would be a, a one permanent rival and a seven rotating and then a nine game, which would be a three, three rivals, six rotating Alan, Matt, what, what do you guys think? What, what, if you had your way, what would you, what would you want OU to do? What would you want the SEC to do once OU gets in there?
0: I got you. Um, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of the pods. Are we still, are we still potting? Are we still potting?
1: I, I think, think the pods so. are I think pods the pods are done. Are Dang yeah, it, the pods are done.
0: Well, what pod isn't done is this one. We're not done. <laughs> this is a pod that is not done. Um, I'm cool I'm cool with whatever, honestly. Uh the the one permanent rival I think everyone we just we just know we know it's going to be Texas. So it's like, I
1: mean,
0: yeah. we don't even have to worry about anything else like that. Any, any curveballs being thrown our way. No, we know it's going to be Texas. Um man, whatever gets like I don't, I don't want to go like it is now. Like I don't want to go, however many years it is, without going to Tuscaloosa or to Athens, Georgia, or something like you know. Like, I I would like to get those games like as frequent as possible, whatever. So whatever gets us that, then yeah, I'm down for.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like such an obvious win for fans, right? To do yeah. to do nine games. I mean, you know, three with, you know, three kind of the permanent opponents and then the, you know, six rotating. The, the interesting part about that, you know, when this when this first kind of was, came out, you know, uh, Ross Dellinger from uh, SI.com said, you know, he kind of laid out like there's a haves and uh, not necessarily have nots, but haves not as much maybe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like they kind of try to line up, the permanent opponents based on how you kind of fell in that hierarchy so you know i mean in the way it shook out when when they modeled it was oh you would have texas as its uh permanent as one of its permanents along with mizzou and florida Mm -hmm. which is kind of a strange mix but i mean like i mean that sounds kind of interesting to me though like you know the idea of oh you having a you playing you know either hosting Florida or going to Florida or, you know every other year it sounds pretty good to me. Um, you know uh, there it's funny though because I think that one thing that has in a lot of ways bolstered the SEC's uh, when it comes to end of the year and that uh, college football playoff positioning has been that eight game schedule because. Yes. Uh, that you know we th- we tend to think of stuff like strength of schedule as like a, a metric that involves like some type of power rating or whatever but basically uh, the college football playoff committee just uses um like you know essentially your aggregate records right yeah. of like opponents so you know by not giving every other every team uh you know that extra game or you know the potential for like you know X number of extra losses on their, you know, by, by design on their records, it's helped inflate, you know, both the ACC and the SEC's uh, conference records. So, I mean, you know, with that in mind, I I don't know how that's going to influence thinking either, but, you know, I've got to think though, that enough, there's enough support for the nine games that, you know, they'll figure out something to uh, keep, keep everybody happy and, and go that route.
1: Yeah. I think if they would have expanded the playoffs, which did seem like that's what the SEC wanted was an expansion because they knew they could go for it. Um, once that happened, I mean, if they say they we're going to stick to four, I could see SEC staying at eight games just for that mm-hmm. very reason. And um, you know, if, if, if the big 12 in, like, okay, I really can't blame Oklahoma state and all the, and all the other schools acting the way that they did once the news kind of got dropped on them. But if it, if it were a little more know, graceful coming out, I could potentially see OU saying, hey, we want to keep eight games, kind of like uh, – or we want to go to eight games, kind of like what like South Carolina probably wants to do. Because you would keep Oklahoma State. You know, South Carolina plays Clemson every year. I mean, if South Carolina had a nine-game conference and played Clemson, that would suck for them, you know, potentially yes. every single year. to kind of run through that stuff. You know, Georgia has to play Georgia Tech. It's it's not it's not the same thing. Uh, you know, walking through that. So, like, I could see, I could see OU. I, I could see them publicly saying, "In yeah, nine games is the way to go." We're used to it. But I could see there probably be some traction of them saying, "Hey, an eight game would be good." We could then bring some different people in, different non-con in. We could, you know, salvage the uh, the, the state relationship with Oklahoma. Oklahoma state and kind of move, move that way. But if it goes to nine games, I just don't see Bedlam happening for a while. If that were to happen or it becomes kind of like how, OU plays Tulsa where it's like, we play them, you know, five times in a de- over a 10 year period or something like that. Uh, you know, maybe it's like a, a uh, two homes and one away you know, things of that nature, uh, depending on how Oklahoma state stature within the college football rankings, uh, you know, hierarchy goes as it falls down uh into the new uh big 12 but that's the one thing that i i kind of struggled with but if it is eight games and it's just one seven it's just going to be weird to like play georgia once in a decade or something like i don't know if i fully fully am on board with that idea of being conference rivals with somebody and just never playing
2: them right and there are you know i mean obviously we're we're newbies with the uh sec but i mean there are a lot of rivalries that that the schools clearly you know uh really value that maybe don't necessarily get the same kind of national play you know i mean like alabama tennessee is actually a pretty big rivalry um you know or or we think we everybody knows the auburn is a big rivalry also you know stuff like that 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 we probably don't would would see from the outside is being expendable that they might, those schools might not. Um, You know, the other thing about if it's, if it's an 18 conference schedule is, you know, I mean, I I think a lot of the reason why OU actually ended up making this move was because of, you know, the fact that people and, you know, uh, season ticket holders are kind of tired of what they've been seeing, you know, so far from the schedules. Um, so you know if you're taking if you're taking the potential of having, say you know, a game with Arkansas or a game uh, a home game you know in terms of home games home games Arkansas or home game with Florida or home game with Tennessee, and instead that becomes Sam Houston State or what have you. I mean, have you really improved your you know what you're what you're offering your fans? I mean, not necessarily. You know.
1: Yeah, that, that is a good point. I mean, uh, if, if the idea is just pure fan expectation, pure, pure fan enjoyment and experience, I mean, OU should need to be beating the drum for that nine game thing. Uh, there's just few games I would I mean, I would enjoy watching OU Arkansas, but like man, that's not a game I will actually want to watch from an OU fan perspective is OU Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I know what you mean there because it's just another good team. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's probably just unfamiliarity. I mean, in, like, where does Arkansas fall? Like if you were to make Arkansas a big 12 team or relate them one-to-one to a big 12 team, I mean, it, are they just like, uh, what's, what's a, just Kansas state. I mean, they're like seven and five, eight and four type of a thing over and over again.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where, where I'd put them, you know what I mean? And, but like kind of one of the things that you're, you're talking about here is like, You know, the idea that, you know, Arkansas is in theory a a bigger name than Kansas State, yes. but, like, it doesn't necessarily have the same kind of meaning. You know what I mean? And that's probably because OU and Kansas State have been playing for a long time and they've kind of, you know, got this sporting rivalry, you know what I mean, where, I mean, Kansas State has given OU a lot of trouble. Like, this is just part of what's going to be involved, I think, you know, in this – move to the sec that is it's it's a part of it that i not exactly I, that i'm not so excited about like having all these you know kind of uh new opponents with that OU really doesn't have a history with you know
1: yeah i mean they, they need to like print off like a fan book for all the OU fans i mean oklahoma should do this like here's why you shouldn't like tennessee here's why you shouldn't like you know uh, uh what other is it Vanderbilt right that's one of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like so, so, yeah, some of these like yeah yeah, they had Jay Cutler once you know stuff like that like give me some like a little history and breakdown of these schools we're walking into and also like as, as uh, you know Matt off the top talking about the, the softball stuff and, and we'll get into the softball and baseball uh, in a second guys but like having a fan base has been like wow they play that Boomer Sooner thing for everything right
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah
1: I remember I remember the Tennessee fans and OU and ten, OU and uh, Tennessee and they're like, "Man, they just play this like anytime OU has a primetime game, it's always they do that for everything." <laughs> <And> it's like <laughs> yeah. and Tennessee's crazy. Kind of way to talk,
2: man. Yeah, that's like, true. That's talk, true. Man.
1: It's true and it's kind of weird because like I don't know, and it's all the OU games I've gone to, I've never seen the the fan base as being like super passionate. You know, I've been to some cool tailgating stuff like that. I've never seen the OU fan base be like top 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 tier like that type of thing but they they have primetime games it's on twitter and you know you know again maybe my hits just in the sand on on the twitter thing and it's just all these people being like man these uh, this ou fan base just needs to calm down with the you know with the two (laughs) things that they do like they're screaming boomers sooner they're playing the song like it's all that it's like we're kind of like this weird little like rabid little fan base that (laughs) <laughs> um, these other schools are going to figure out how to, <laughs> how to get used to it, man. Uh, it, it's, you know, we're kind of cutting our teeth on that stuff, but it, it'll be cool to start playing, you know, A&M again. I, I've actually honestly missed Missouri or just the idea of Missouri, uh, you know, playing them. Um, but it, it'll, be, it'll be, it'll be,
2: it'll be weird. It'll be, I mean, you're
1: right. It, it will be just weird to play Auburn. Right. <laughs> on a like,
2: semi-regular basis. <laughs> right. You know, like, in the, you're used to playing Auburn. If, if OU's got Auburn on the schedule, it's like, oh, wow, that's like a big non-conference game. Like, props to OU for scheduling that. You know what I mean? And now, uh, but, yeah, I mean, but OU doesn't have it, you know, outside of what, one one bowl game? Uh, like, six, seven years ago, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's that part of it. And, and that's the part that I'm not like I'm I'm just not as jazzed up about the SEC kind of for that reason um and I feel like I'm probably on an island in that regard but uh you know we'll see how people feel once OU actually makes the move yeah that, that's something you just said
1: I mean you are kind of right if OU were to schedule Auburn for its non-conference there'd be some like Patting OU on the back, like, hey, they're scheduling tough. They're doing this thing. That's awesome. And now OU will play them in a conference. And it's like, oh, Auburn should be about eight and four, you know, anywhere from seven, between seven and five yeah. and, nine and three. Yeah. So oh, OU should beat Auburn. No big deal. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, exactly. You, you immediately lose that kind of like, hey, good for you scheduling tough thing the moment it yeah. becomes a conference game. um, But that, that is something I am a little, now that's the one thing I am interested about if OU moves to a nine game SEC, how does that non-conference scheduling look? I mean, or are they going to go cupcake and then like Tulsa and then, I don't know, a, a, like a middling school there. I mean, or, or the days of getting Nebraska or Ohio state, I mean, are those gone as we start entering to more of the SEC gauntlet? Cause like the, the the quote that I read from Saban about this stuff, about the scheduling thing itself about be wasn't coming out against nine games but he was saying there's multiple teams in our conference which will play up to five top 15 teams and we'll all beat each other up and some other team will lose one game in that conference but they won't have been tested the same way uh now again as you said some of that is because of the lack of you know the lack of of the extra loss across the board for everybody um but that i mean that does kind of run into it if we were to now that we're joining the SEC, we have fully bought into the SEC being the stand, the flag bearing mm-hmm. college football conference. Yeah, if has to play Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Auburn, Florida, you know, all in one year, then then it, then I can kind of start seeing it being like, hey, this is unfair. Like they didn't play anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that we need some like Z scoring or something.
2: Yeah, well, like I mean, and that's I think kind of the point of of expanding the playoff is to allow kind of for you know, some equity there, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe being able to look at uh, teams in, in a, in a different light, if you, you know, if, if there's enough space to both have, you know, the conference champion of, you know, the big 12 uh, in this new era and, uh, you know, still have room for a few at-larges from the SEC. But, you know, I mean, that, that, that part of it, like physically, like, I guess one one argument you can make is like playing nine SEC games is going to be really tough on rosters because yeah you, you get beat up. I mean physically it's just kind of a different thing. But like I don't know that all that stuff. Like there's a lot. There's a lot that comes along with being in the SEC that I think uh, you know. Whenever I hear. Like coaches complain about that like oh we have to play auburn and georgia and blah blah well like you're telling me you're not out on the recruiting trail selling like you're going to be playing auburn yeah. and georgia and lsu and the, everybody's going to be watching and we're going to have more money than everybody like that that stuff like people like brett bielham always just complain about that about when he was at arkansas and i was always like give me a break man like you're you're you this plays to your advantage man so don't like just save it, right? Yeah.
1: And plus, I mean, it's not like the SEC is doesn't also have its bottom feeders, in which you can easily get four wins a season out of. I mean, it, it's it's it, there. There's yeah. ways of doing that. I mean, even the quote unquote bad teams SEC are, are usually getting around six wins. I mean, because you've got the, you've got your non conference that they kind of stack up. You're going to run into some of these other have have nots. Uh, I mean, I thought it was really brave for that rider to put Texas as a have oh god have hilarious not. right <laughs> hilarious
2: <laughs> i was
1: like they're like in the exact same boat but you made one i have i'm assuming because it's just the amount of money uh and like the, for local reasons but i was like man and, and honestly the haves are i mean who are really the Haves in the sec right now alabama and georgia
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, LSU, let's, let's be honest. LSU won a national championship like two true. years ago. True, true, true. So <laughs> like,
1: they're so volatile. It's hard. It's like, I yeah. need to know where they're standing. But yeah. to me, I think those are your halves and then you have a pretty decent middle class. I would put mm-hmm. LSU in that middle class of the ability to kind of, you know, commute to the upper thing. You know, I think Florida, LSU, Auburn, yeah, and are like right in that middle class really well, but it's, it, 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 it's not like it's, six giant huge you know beast uh it, walking around it, it's it's one or two and then a bunch of like pretty good football teams and then, and then you've got right. you know the couple of kansas plus types
2: right and you know i mean the stuff about like well how what about teams trying to get to six wins my guess is the you know probably that requirement from what i understand that you know you have to have a 500 record or whatever we get to six wins to qualify for a bowl probably go away. So, you know, that you can take care of that issue on its own. Yeah.
1: Or as, as you've mentioned plenty of time about, OU you moving to the sec, you just have to get good. If you want to win, you know, in the new, in the new in the new era where there's maybe nine teams in there in nine game conference and you've got Oklahoma and Texas entering there and you're, you're not quite getting the six games, fire your head coach, get a new one and
2: <laughs> right, figure, figure it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else you want out of that. I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, you're not being spoon-fed. Now, I'm sure the conference would want to spoon-fed, get spoon-fed as many bull appearances as possible due to the amount of payouts and stuff. But from a pure competitive standpoint, you play the games, you win them, or you lose them. Yeah. Well, that concludes our uh football uh talk. We're gonna have now our professional uh play by play. I don't think it's play by play, but Matt <laughs> Matt, we're gonna g- give me the give me the ball bat stick ball. Uh, uh updates on uh softball first. Gotcha. How, how the girls doing, man? I, I know I they I know they beat they're Northwestern rolling. in uh <laughs> in in the Texas game. Uh yeah.
0: yeah, they're they're rolling, man. Honestly, the uh the Northwestern game, it took you know, that's Daniel Danielle Williams was the pitcher for Northwestern. She was the big ten pitcher of the year, and that was everyone's like dark horse to like maybe make a run, is because in softball, like if you have a good pitcher you can you can go pretty far with just having really good pitching i mean look at last year with odyssey alexander and james madison yeah. like they just went yeah. as far as she like took them basically um so that was that was kind of the dark horse they also had uh, i think uh, it was rachel i can't remember her last name but she was the big 10 player of the year she was so they they had some they had some talent there um in northwestern but I mean, man, the 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 Rachel girl I was telling you about, Big Ten Player of the Year, she hits the home run in the top of the third inning, gets some momentum. They get a one nothing lead. and Then Riley Boone comes up to bat and just is the spark plug, basically. That's that that's what opened the floodgates. She hits a double to the wall, and then Jana John single scores her, and after after you you kind of blink, and then. Oh, You put up a six spot in the uh in the bottom of the third inning, and <laughs> then they sub Danielle Williams out because they're like, "Well, we're not going to come back from this, so uh, we're going to save Danielle for the next game <laughs> to try to advance." And uh, and then yeah, so back to back innings. OU hits a grand slam in back to back innings. T.R.A. Jennings hits one in the bottom of the third. Jana Johns hits one in the bottom of the fourth, and that's kind of all she wrote after that and then Jordy ball gets uh it gets to get in gets the last last batter or not last batter out but she gets to get the last out uh in the northwestern game so good to have uh good to have her back um hope trout one doing pretty well i mean she's like like it's crazy that again that she has the best era in the nation and (laughs) when when all the pitchers are healthy everyone's like Yeah, she's OU's number two. Like she's, yeah, yeah. She's not, she is not the ace. No. Um, (laughs) So that's just, it's an embarrassment of riches for uh, Patty Gasso's squad. And then the Texas game was just, I mean, it was, it was close for the first couple innings. And then again, the floodgates open. I mean, Tiara Jennings had hit a ball that I don't think it's landed yet. Like it (laughs) it, it almost left the bleachers. It almost left the bleachers. (laughs) Like she, it, uh, she hit the crap out of it, man. It was, it was awesome. So, and it's always good to, you know, because the last time they played Texas, they lost. So, you know, they yeah. had some extra, extra, extra juice coming in. And I'm sure Patty Gasso let them know that, hey, you remember the last time they played you? They beat you. They beat your ass. So it's time to get some payback. So uh, that was good. They kind of exercised the uh, Haley Dolcini demon uh because she is stone cold killer man on the mound for well not on in the circle it's not a mound in softball but in the circle for texas so um yeah no they're rolling right now man and honestly everything should set up for a bedlam uh bedlam for the national title
1: now that would be utterly just completely amazing i mean the bedlam in oklahoma city yeah I mean, I, we, I might have to find my way down there. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be able to afford tickets or be able to get <laughs> tickets, but <laughs> find my way down there would be kind of cool. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah, they, they're down early Northwestern, down early against Texas, and then everyone's like, they they always do this. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, there's that one inning where they just go State Warrior people, and that's that. Yeah. yeah good lie. It's funny, it's like, yeah.
2: I mean, you know, like on Twitter, when people, you know, who just now start watching them, they're, they're always like, oh, my God, this lineup is terrifying. Like, because that's what they do. They they have like a six run inning, and then it's over. Like, yeah,
0: there's no night, coming night. back from it. And it's crazy to think that, you know, you can say, "Oh, they came from behind to win in games that they won thirteen to one and seven to two. Like
1: they came
0: come from behind wins. They really, yeah. you know, grinded it out to a thirteen to one win. Um, but man, the it's just, like. And Patty Gasso was interviewed by Holly Rowe and they were like she was basically just like how did you know how did the rest of your lineup like how do they handle you know kind of the pressure because they know they're gonna not like barely pitch to jocelyn hollow like only if they have to and uh she was just like yeah well i mean one through nine we're good so like it's pick your poison really like she was like, you, you can you, like they have probably like jocelyn all might be the best hitter of all time in college yeah. softball and uh and definitely the best one right now TRA Jennings might be the second best hitter in the entire nation. And yeah. they, 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 hit back to back like Jennings hits right after her. So it's kind of like if you walk Jocelyn Allo, all right, but here comes TRA Jennings who has 26 home runs as well. And like a million RBIs. Like, so it's, it really is. Like she said, she's not, and it's like not even being cocky. It's just like, yeah, like one through nine, we can all rake. Like I don't know what you want me to say. Like, it doesn't matter who you pitch to. We're going to find a way to put some runs on the board.
1: It's really nice too because I know uh, Texas was talking, uh, you know, the, the Texas uh, Texas media and the coach and everything about being the most dangerous team in the nation and feeling dangerous and everything. Uh, it, it's always really nice to to shove that down uh, the rival's throat <laughs> and then have to have then OU tweet out woke up feeling dangerous. I mean, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it's. It, what, you know if you've got the shot take it it's always
0: there's just levels to it man that's that's the thing is like you know they've lost they've lost twice man they've lost twice i can't explain to you how crazy that is in softball like that is nuts and like the two games they lost is to texas and oklahoma state who are like probably going to be in the final four like, <laughs> like <laughs> but they won they won the series against them like it, it's just it's crazy it's crazy. there's levels to it man the i i hope everyone just like you know, kind of drinks this in like, especially these past two years of having these, these types of hitters in this lineup. Cause it's, I don't know if it's going to happen again, because this is, it's special.
1: And now then I'll segue into a little bit more of a grindier team. Now, some of the games they, they've put up a lot of runs themselves, but I think generally we wouldn't, we wouldn't put the OU baseball team in that sort of verified air, so you softball team, but they're winning. They're doing well, Matt. I mean, you're out there watching them and, you know, you guys are uh, broadcasting the games and stuff. I mean, what do we think is, does this team have the legs to make a run, like, you know, kind of get deep into this thing?
0: They do, they do. Um, you know, they, everyone was kind of like, because this is what the, I was telling you guys, is one of the hottest teams in the nation in baseball coming in. And, you know, they get their, they get their first round matchup against Liberty and their regional and Liberty puts up three runs in the top of the first inning. And everyone's yeah. like, what, what is going on here? Like, what is happening? And immediately in the bottom, ha- bottom half of that inning, oh, he puts up four runs, and they don't even really look back. They just keep keep putting on more runs, pouring them on. Um, I think Crooks had two, two home runs that game. I think Peyton Graham yes. also had a home run too. Like they're, They could just hit, man. The bats are absolutely hot at the right time. Um, they're playing Florida right now as we speak. I believe that Florida is up one, nothing right now, but, um, but yeah, and they got, they got another win the other day. I I can't even remember all these have kind of run together for me, Um, but they picked up another (laughs) win in their regional the other day. Uh, Kate Horton, the Norman high grad is on the mound right now. Um, So yeah, no, I, I think this team, this team could definitely make it to Omaha. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all
1: especially it just being like 39 and 20 did not seem to be a team early on that was going to be able to amount to much. I mean, there are people who are saying, like, Hey, Skip's got to go. This is it. He's lost touch. The, the team isn't You're responding. Right. You've got this talent and they just totally turn it on to back out the season finishing second, in the, uh, you know, second, in the regular season of the big 12, winning the big 12. And now, 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 oh, and you just jinxed now uh, Florida's up two zero. Oh, you needs, Oh, you need to obstruct that catcher immediately. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just don't get this thing going, uh, but I mean, it, it's it's not something I expected. I'm not the biggest, you know, college baseball connoisseur, but the only thing I had heard from people who watched this stuff was like, "Well, this team sucks." And this was early on, and it's like we gotta go, we gotta get a new guy. We when you get ready for SEC, it's gonna be yeah. you know a murderer's row every single year in the SEC, and we don't have the we don't have the stuff for it. And now it looks like potentially everyone was stupid.
0: <laughs> it's crazy that it is crazy the U turn because I'm with you. Like, that's all I kind of heard coming into the year was like, Skip Johnson, he's got to get something going. Like, he has to get something going, or else they're looking to find a new baseball coach. And, like, like you said, even when the, the first of the year started, and I think it, the Ole Miss coach gets fired. So everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's go get him. If we can't, like, you know, if, if OU is smart, they'll go hire him right now because Ole Miss could, like, they, they're perennial like power. Uh, in college baseball and they're like if we yeah, go get him but then hey they turned around man like i said the the when the bats get hot at the right time everything's everything clicks in baseball man when you're seeing the ball well uh it's it's not looking great right now <laughs> down in gainesville yeah. against yeah. the gators right now but hopefully they could like we saw um, osu earlier today they got down like nine nothing uh, to Missouri state and they end up winning the game like 29 to 12. Like it was just, it was a crazy game. Um, so that's, that's the thing. Anything could happen in college baseball. I'm not, I'm not the biggest college baseball fan either, but you know, Hey, whenever, whenever you got a team that's talented and uh, one of the hottest teams in the nation coming in, like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll pay attention for sure.
1: Uh, well, that's the list everyone. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, I forgot to mention off the top, but this podcast is, we do have a title sponsor of Vanessa House Brewery down in Oklahoma City. Uh, go check them out. They're awesome. They have a really cool atmosphere of like video games and like game tournaments. They have like music and stuff. Uh, it's very, very awesome. Everything's brewed there themselves. Uh, I, I bought like the uh, GG Squad 12 uh, pack for my Memorial Day weekend. I had a lot of fun there. Uh, it's, it's a really, really cool, fun and welcoming place. Um, they're supporting us. So if you guys are ever in there, go there, Oklahoma City, go there, support them. You don't even have to drink in the places. Go buy a six pack, go buy a 12 pack or something like that. Support that uh, Oklahoma uh, brand and kind of help them out. We also have a Patreon that you can subscribe to. We've uh, recently had uh, interviews with um, Bill Conley of ESPN talking about the SP+. Plus. Uh, Rob Bauer of uh, betarink to uh, kind of help you guys understand about uh, the better ins and outs of economics of uh, NIL and also how to bet. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
1: and then we're also bringing some other to uh, Jason Kersey, on not too long ago, uh, bringing on a former athletic person myself to kind of talk about um, Arkansas and how OU ne- might need to get prepared for the craziness uh, of, of our uh, Eastern neighbors. But uh, the Patreon guys is through the keyhole for $4 a month. You guys can uh, get all the insides of some uh, uh, Monday blog posts. Uh, some uh, fan interaction uh podcasts and which i do is like exclusive uh uh, podcasts to talk very specifically and kind of like niche topics uh, uh for our listeners um this page this podcast can be found on i think everywhere basically just like subscribe it read reviews write reviews share it that's the best way of getting anything out um and then you can follow all all of us uh individually i am um Oh crap, what is my what is even my Twitter account? I think it's at uh at Peyton Glenn, uh Alan, uh at Boy, no yep. And Matt.
0: At I am Matt Burton.
1: That's all three of us. Uh then also follow uh uh keyhole pod. Keyhole Pod, yeah. Keyhole Pod. Uh so we're we're also gonna like develop like a little ad that just says all this stuff so I don't have to remember it it's going to be great we're going to be real professional real quick you guys just <laughs> hold on uh but uh yeah I, I appreciate everyone hanging out and doing this stuff i appreciate you know hal and matt you guys holding on and talking about this stuff on a on a sunday i know sometimes we can kind of like we're, we're kind of dragging the ground trying you know it, it, it's not quite dust bowl uh <laughs> off season levels but it, it kind of feels that way sometimes and i appreciate you guys making time and um and and, and continuing want to do this and uh kind of have fun man
2: yeah, I think we. Wait, there's something else. There's uh, something.
1: Matt, Matt, is there one more thing?
0: Rumor!